You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between exercise and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 women develop fitter minds and bodies in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we talk to Christine Timms about her running journey, including an interesting story about park run in a prison. Enjoy. All right. I would like to welcome aboard Christine Timms, who is another fellow runner of mine. Can you hear me, Christine? How am I coming across okay? can hear you very well. Thank you for inviting me on. Excellent. I was just wondering if um, every now and then, because I'm sitting outside, you're thinking, how's the internet going? And the sound in the background, all that kind of stuff. There's a little tiny glitch there, but we're all good. <laughs> I saw the look on your face, actually. <laughs> something you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so most of people watching this will actually not be watching, but listening. So they won't be able to enjoy the facial expressions that we can see <laughs> speaking to each other. But anyway. So again, welcome. Um, Christine's a friend of mine. Uh, she's a local runner here in Tasmania as well. And I wanted to get her on because I know that running's been a big part of her life, at least for the last little while. I'm not sure about long, long term. So this will be really interesting for me as well. So before we get into your running story, Christine, do you like Chris or Christine? That's a good place to start. I am totally unfussed. Because I call you both. I'm aware. Yeah, <laughs> Just most people do. <laughs> maybe you like something else. Um, so Christine, Tell me, like, um, before we get into the running, tell me a little bit about yourself. So what do you do? Do you have, what kind of family thing do you have? Where'd you grow up? That kind of stuff. Just. I am a Tassie girl. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 15, 50 years old, not 15. Um, you're a baby. <laughs> just recently turned 50, grew up in Hobart. Mm -hmm. um, not a particularly sporting mm -hmm. background. Well, I say not a particularly sporting background, not not a huge amount of encouragement towards sport yeah. um, as a child, but was very involved in everything, um, just just in, on a participation level, yeah. never particularly fantastic at it, um, you know, able to make reserve for most of the school teams, so not much effort required on those days, which was great. <laughs> um I went to uni straight from school, became a pharmacist. Whilst I was at uni, I got myself an Air Force sponsorship. Wow. So I spent 11 and a half years in the Air Force traveling around Australia before um, getting out and doing a bit of civilian practice, having my two lovely boys, yeah. one of whom turned 18 today. Oh, and, and then the younger one is 16. And um then I bought my pharmacy shortly after the boys, well, Nathan was 20 months old, Jason was four months old, moved back to Tasmania to Launceston and bought a pharmacy down here. And, been and doing it ever since. you've been doing that ever since. Wow. So tell me, in the, in the forces, did you find that you were like, did they make you do lots of physical stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so there, there were you. minimum um, physical requirements to pass, to actually pass your training. So mm -hmm. you did have to put together. And I'll be honest, I wasn't uh, particularly good at that. So I had to work pretty hard for it. Um, but quickly discovered 
that once you push through that threshold of where it just feels agonizingly hard, it actually feels pretty good. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, developed a real love for it. Then I'd always been, I guess, active in some level, but sort of to have that imperative or the encouragement to do it and then start seeing the rewards for it, that's where I really, I guess, developed a love for it. So I, well, I guess that's one of the questions to move on to is, is that where your running started? Like your, your love of running, the fact that you yeah. were in those, that space and made to, um, well, made to yeah. get physical, whether it was, I don't know what they do, obstacle courses and, and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, so the basic physical fitness test was a 2.4 kilometre run, yep. uh, 30 sit-ups and a timed um, flexed arm hang. And yep. if you didn't pass that, then, you know, you got remedials. Um, when I was in my mid-20s, I think we had about 13 minutes to do 2.4 Ks. Okay. So, you know, it wasn't slow. Yep. It, wasn't um, well, it certainly possible. wouldn't feel slow now, um, but not undoable. Hmm. And... Um, so I guess that's probably where it did start. It took me a, a few years to really uh, enjoy running. Mm -hmm. um, I really got into running um, when the walking got too frustrating. So I was a, a bit of a, a power walker for a while there. And when I was like living, Kim. Lord, Lord, <laughs> I didn't wear the gear. Um, <laughs> but when I was living in the Northern Territory, I'd go out for a really quite a fast paced walk most, most days. And I actually just got fed up with um, it taking as long as it did and broke into a run. Wow. And the rest is history. And then you kept going. Yeah. yeah. So Don't when you came back to Tassie, you had the kids. Um, Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Quite a bit of a delay there. Yeah. So you came back to yeah. Tassie with the kids and, and you kept running all through that period? Um, it was a bit more tricky mm -hmm. having a, um, a new business, two small children. Yeah. Um, at, my husband at the time was still away with the Air Force for the yeah. first little bit. Um, so things were pretty busy. I tried, but I wasn't anywhere near as consistent as I am probably now. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I've still on and off always yeah. enjoyed the running. It always been a part of, of what you did. So do, when you ran in, in those earlier days, not with the Army, but just um, in your everyday life, did you run by yourself or did you have, run in groups or a bit of both? Um, predominantly by myself, uh, although I did um, force my troops into, not force them, they came willingly, but we, we would go out for an early morning run once a week before yeah. work. Yeah. Um, when I was serving in Bougainville um, yeah. as part oh, of the wow. military service, we had a group who would run from town back to the wharf where we were living um, we had rules around, you know, how many males and females could be off compound together at the same time for security reasons, um, depending on the security level. So, you know, if, if we had three girls out there, we had to have quite a gaggle of boys out there with us. Um, so we'd run back and we had a group of local dogs that used to run with us. And um, so there were times when it was group, but mostly just by myself. And I think primarily because... Um, of the simplicity of it yeah you know when you're time poor trying to trying to operate in organized environments is not that easy whereas running is something you can just throw on your shoes and go when you've got a spare yeah. bit of time that's totally um, what i said to someone just yesterday why do you why are you running i'm like well kind of always appealed to me just because of the simplicity of it like it's yeah. a very simple thing to do yeah. really 
And I bought myself a, a treadmill when the boys were little because that was a way that I could keep running when I was sort of tied down. And particularly after my marriage broke down, you know, that makes it a bit tricky when you yeah. can't leave the kids at home. So, yeah, um, yeah but then since I've uh, been in my new relationship, I say new, um, it's not that new. It's been a while. Nine years. Um, <laughs> but we actually really bonded over running. Yeah. So, um, you know, Daniel was into the running, I was into the running, and uh, our our second date was actually the Launceston 10. So No, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, coffee after the Launceston 10. <laughs> I love that. Um, so what do you think about when you're running? Like I know you, you've already mentioned a few ups and downs. I mean, even, even being in the forces, that has its own stresses. Having a business, having um, marriage breakdowns and all of that sort of thing. Do you find running is a part of your you know getting through all of that well what we call life really it is it really is um on a number of levels it's um processing time mm -hmm. so the mind wanders i don't think yeah. of anything specific um you know i know that if i get up and i don't feel like going for a run that's probably the time when i most should yeah, go definitely um, need to go you know mm -hmm. you'll always feel a lot better afterwards um one thing that does happen to me i don't run with music yeah I run, I run in silence mm -hmm. but I've always got music running through my head okay it's really quite interesting it's only something I think I really noticed in the last couple of years and so I will go with the same song running over and over and over and over on repeat through my head oh, throughout a so whole cool. run but at the same time as that's going on I'm just the mind's wandering. You're thinking yeah. about things, you're processing, and it's not necessarily a, a conscious train of thought, but you get to go places where, you know, you perhaps don't have the time to do that when you're busy. Is it that space that we, especially now in our modern mm. lives, I mean, when I, and, and by the sound of it, when you started running as well, we didn't have mobile phones that hooked us up to the whole wells and we didn't have, the internet as we do now yeah. available um so now even more it seems even more important that we've got these spaces where we can just be with our minds i suppose if, yeah if you like definitely um, definitely and um interesting exercise um a couple of years ago i trekked the kokoda track wow that would have been a, a amazing fellow pharmacy owners and it absolutely was amazing but one of the most beneficial things about it was that it was eight days where your phone didn't work um, yes and out of internet internet yeah completely off the grid um absolutely spectacular wow just couldn't recommend it more highly <laughs> so yeah just to be able to switch off completely from your mobile phone particularly i think as a business owner um you've got to be responsive <laughs> yeah so yeah, that was really good. And we were all in the same situation. We were all business owners. And so we're, you know, we're all taking a leap of faith, faith in our teams that they were going to look after it. And they all did a wonderful job. You know, <laughs> no businesses burnt down. What a surprise. That's even better. <laughs> I know. It's like the, we often uh, are tied to this thing that if we don't do something or we don't go somewhere or or um, finish something or answer that thing straight away, thing, terrible things that happen. But that whole analogy of where people say, you know, if you just, for some reason, 
couldn't do that anymore, somebody else will come in and mm. fill that vacuum and all that thing will happen. But we get our own minds so tied up in knots that you know, we, we're the only ones who can do that. But actually the reality is somebody else can. We're not That's indispensable. Good. Is that the word? Even though we yeah. Yeah, I like the analogy of the bucket of water and you put your hand in the bucket of water when you take your hand out. There's not a hole where your hand used to be. That's very good. You I know that. Yes, that's really good. I might use that. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. I stole it from somewhere. I've got no idea where. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so one of the questions I ask a lot, and you've already answered, which is um, whether you run with music or with um, podcasts or things like that, and you've already said no. But do you run with people now? You said in the beginning, not so much, apart from obviously with your forces, um, buddies and things. Mm. And that seemed sounded like it was more for safety than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. How about now, sort of in this era, post um, being in the forces, do you run with people more or less? Or uh, When I first got out, I still ran very much by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I first moved back to Launceston, you know, Tasmania is a very big country town, so it takes a while to break in. Yeah. And uh, being a Hobart girl in Launceston, I'm, you know. What? <laughs> I know who does that. Um, when I did my first Launceston 10, I knew absolutely no one in the running community. Oh, at wow. All. Not a soul. I didn't know anyone who ran. I did, and you never, I never even saw anyone run. <clears throat> Quite interesting to see the evolution over those. I know, years. hasn't that changed? It's changed such a lot. Um, and again, you know, as the kids were little and going into solo parenting and all being busy, um, running with people wasn't necessarily a, an option because yeah. the times didn't always fit. Yeah. Um, as the kids have gotten older and more independent and more likely to want to ignore us, now we're running with groups far more. So, um, you know, we've been involved with Parkrun for uh, quite a long time since it started here in Tassie, pretty much. Um, but it just in the last 12 months, you know, we've joined the Launceston Running Buddies and started with uh, Launceston Running Club and, and really enjoying that social side of running as well. Just moving you, so don't worry about that. I'm just trying to go to a PowerPoint. So um, you're now running more with people because the kids are obviously a lot more independent because you said their ages are yeah. 16 and 18. Yeah, and Dan's kids, I mean, Oscar's living out of home now and Poppy's 18. So, you know, they don't need us. Most of them are driving. They don't want to get out of bed at the times that we want to go running anyway. So, um, you know, we do have much more flexibility to sort of engage with other people at times that suit everybody. So it's it's really good. And um, so when it comes to running with people, do you find you talk (laughs) to the people or do you run sort of, you know, in companionable silence? Um, A bit of both. I'm, I'm probably uh, have been heard to complain at times about people who force me to run and talk at the same time. It's all in jest. I actually really enjoy it. Um, I love having a bit of a chat along a run. I'm just not actually that good at running and talking. Um, <laughs> I know I, I laugh with Daniel quite a lot because when, when we run together, he obviously naturally runs faster than I do. Um, so it, I'm usually pushing myself if I'm running with him and he'll be running along chatting to me and you know I may have mentioned to him that there have been times when his conversation makes me want to scream but um, <laughs> but that's only because of the the relative uh, difference in effort I think I'm quite, when I'm not pushing too hard I quite enjoy a chat it's good. 
love hearing people's stories. Yeah, it, uh, we've talked, uh, a few people that I've talked to, there have been some who've said that actually they never run by themselves. They always run with people, which I found was fascinating. But also that uh, they find they almost know more about their running buddies that they run with regularly than they do about their best friends or at least about their daily lives and what's going on and the little things that are bugging them at the time just that come up in our daily lives and um one of the studies i've looked at is uh, it's because we're not um talking directly to each other we're not sort of sitting face to face a little bit like we are now but because we're um it's it's less threatening because we're both yep. just staring ahead and and talking yeah. uh, we find it much easier to open up and, and discuss things that might be worrying yeah. us at the moment and it's fairly similar, I guess, to the concept of um, the best time to have an in-depth conversation with your teenager is when they're in the car next to you. Totally, yes. Um, you know, you get more out of them that way than sitting at the dining table staring into their eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, mm. <laughs> totally. So I know that, obviously, because I know you, um, I know that you're quite involved with Parkrun um, in Tasmania also. Mm-hmm. So how have you found that, like being part of the, you know, the being you're already in the health field which is fascinating yeah. itself but um why did you want to be part of of making park park run a big thing in tassie um well i started park run as a park runner mm-hmm. you know, i'd been running for a little while um saw an ad in the paper saying there was this new concept of a free weekly 5k timed run or walk same place same time every week thought awesome let's give that a go i'd sort of there'd been times when I toyed with the idea of joining a running club, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a serious runner. I'm not a fast runner. I'm very much a recreational runner. So, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to commit like necessarily each and every week. Mm -hmm. Um, So we went along as runners and as you'd know, Craig Boone had put it all together Mm -hmm. and, you know, he did an amazing job and um, then gradually he, sort of started to let go a bit and, and look for a bit more help. So he wasn't committed to every being week, in charge of it every single mm-hmm. week. Um, and just seeing the benefits of it to people really inspired me to get involved. And, and I am someone who has, you know, I always get involved where involvement is needed. Yeah. I'm not someone to sit back. If I can see a need, I'll, I'll sort of help out if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, Parkrun started late 2012, 2013, mid-2013. Both Daniel and I started doing run directing. We were volunteers before that. And then it's just evolved since then. And and I think what keeps me going, because, you know, I've been going for a while. One thing that really keeps me going is just the amazing stories of the changes and the impact that Parkrun has on people's lives. Mm. Um, I just want it to be everywhere. You know, yeah, we started off very small. We just had Launceston, and then we took us a couple of years to um, get into Hobart and Devonport. And that at that point, that was the point at which I took over as um, the territory director, now event ambassador for Tasmania, mm-hmm. and um, set myself a little target to try and get at least one park run in every local council area in Tasmania. Oh wow! Um, you know, we're not there yet. It's still taking us a while, but we're certainly. I don't know. It feels like Parkrun is 
more popular in Tasmania than almost anywhere than maybe apart from England perhaps where it started. <laughs> well, it I like. think we certainly uh, we overperform on a per capita basis. Definitely. Totally. Uh, someone told me just the other day that Launceston still remains the um, the biggest park run per capita um, in terms of attendance per city. That is awesome. In, in Australia. So, mm. um, so yeah, I just wanted to get it out there and it's it's not as I say, it's, it's not just because of the physical fitness aspect of it. Mm. Um, even in my my professional life, health is not just physical health. Totally. So many people's physical health is deeply, deeply impacted by their mental health and their social situation. Mm. And Parkrun really covers off all of those things. Yeah. Um, you know, more so the non-physical stuff in a lot of ways so it, it's the stories and I, I really do get quite emotional about some of the stories and some of the people say you know parkrun has literally saved my life yeah you know yeah. I'm not people have come up and said you know I was on the brink of considering well I was considering ending, ending my life wow parkrun. yeah um, and physical transformation <gasps> Shivers down my spine. Oh, I know. I, I get quite teary at times mm. um, seeing it. You know, we've got a very special guy down in Bellarive in Hobart who wouldn't leave his house. And then he started coming along to Parkrun and, you know, he's carrying a lot of weight, but very mm -hmm. introverted and didn't engage at all. And then he, you know, eventually summoned up the courage to talk to a few people and, then he started running more than walking and then he started he took the step and actually volunteered a couple of times and then now he's a run director down there oh wow he shed like half his body weight and just life's completely transformed it's just amazing isn't and that crazy that's what keeps me involved so that's I, I know when I first started racing, like it meant like in my 20s, I just remember being fascinated by the fact that everybody who crossed the line in a fun run or any kind of race really, or even with training, um, they, all have, they all had a different story, um, yeah. even not just their life, but also even for just for that race. Like it's just like, and they're fascinating, every one of them. Um, yeah. And I... I I get more emotional or, or I'm, I'm more inspired by a lot of the people down the back. Yeah. People up the front. You know, it's, it's yeah. great to stand at the finish line when you're on duty yeah. as a run director and watch the fast guys come through because yeah. they make it look so easy. Effortless. Just, they're just <laughs> incredible. But, you know, from an organisational perspective, I know those guys are going to run anyway. Yeah. They'll, they'll run with or without park one. But when you see someone who you know, has finally mustered up the courage to leave the house and yeah. give it a go. And maybe they haven't even been able to cover the full distance the first few times. And then the first time they cover the full distance and, and the joy and the sense of achievement that you see on them as they cross the line and the, uh, the amount of effort that has gone into that, it's just phenomenal. It's so rewarding to, you know, be a part of that. Um, or someone who might have walked it only mm -hmm. it's taken a really long time and the first yeah. time they to run the whole thing you know there's there's so many different ways that people can um participate in parkrun people who only ever volunteer 
but it's the only time they get to actually speak to people for the week sometimes and again that mentally that's um yeah. pretty valuable isn't it that connection with other humans and being a part of something yeah as yeah, well we, we need other humans and yeah. uh, i think it really does fulfill that need in a lot of ways that's awesome what did we do before parkrun <laughs> i think I, now, I it's like i can't imagine um, <laughs> We slept in on Saturday mornings. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I do sleep in on Saturday mornings when it's not running clubs. Sometimes. <laughs> um, I, it, I think it does take a very special person, though, to have stuck with it for as long as you have. Um, obviously, when any of us volunteer for things, we, you know, there's that, that the service um, level. And we, as you just uh, really eloquently put out, you, you do gain from it as well even you know when we volunteer we get to pick up those amazing stories and and see the impact and the benefit that what we're doing or helping um, to put on has uh, provided in the community and I think you know even when I was a teacher a long time ago it was if I could just help one child then yeah that was worth it so whereas I think you know the stuff that you've been doing I thousands of people have been impacted and not even just talking about the people who come out and do the park run you know there might be parents there as you've said whose lives were pretty miserable and as a result the family life wasn't great but as once they came to something like park run and, and have been moving regularly then that impacts the rest of their life including everyone that they um, have in their lives so it's kind of that knock-on effect is all positive it's Mm. So it's just Absolutely. like oh so cool <laughs> families together um yeah. in this world where often we're a long way away from our loved ones um it it's actually something that people can sort of compare notes on i can be right. running park run in launceston and my brother can be running park run in canada and we'll be having a little bit of a competition park run strictly non-competitive i might add <laughs> um <laughs> Apart from with oh, your I beat your siblings. time this week. Oh, why weren't you at park? See, I can't see your result. What's going yeah. on? Um, and another, I mean, another really touching story that um, I heard. We we launched Park Run in inside Risdon Prison. Oh wow! I did not know. Yeah, and it's something that they've been Park Run have been doing globally for a while, mm -hmm. and really good to be able to put it into Risdon Prison, but. The concept of prison park run, there were a lot of people early going, well, why should we do this for these people? You know, they're incarcerated, they don't deserve this. But such a powerful thing to be in there and see these guys. They actually gave us a, a card at the end of the, the session. I went in and uh, I, I actually currently hold the female record for that park run because oh. never run it um but to be able to you know run alongside these guys and then get a card at the end of it saying thank you very much for showing this that someone cares yeah for two hours we didn't feel like we were in prison yeah oh <laughs> and you know we've we've set up systems whereby um, one of the women's prisons in western australia have got a reward system where you know if you complete so many park runs they may get to invite a family member to come and participate with them. And then there's also the connection from inside to outside. So, you know, dad might be incarcerated and that causes a disconnect with his kids mm -hmm. on the outside because what do you talk about? Well, if dad's doing parkrun inside and the kids are doing parkrun outside, 
then they could connect on that level. And that was a story from one of our um, event ambassadors. Her, as she was a child, her dad had been incarcerated, and she said, "If, if and both of them are now park runners." Wow. <laughs> she said, "You know, if they had have had something like that to bond over when he was incarcerated, it would have been that much, much easier being his child at that time." So. Wow. And then the other side of that is that these guys can then, when they get released, they've got a community to go to, re-engage with. Mm. A lot of the recidivism, you know, in in the community is around people coming out and having nowhere else to go. Yeah. They just fall back to into the old. That they were off getting into trouble with. Totally. Yeah. So you know, Parkrun gives this accepting community that these people can engage with and move on to so i did not know that either i've learned so much today already <laughs> thank you go. i find it so exciting so, that is yeah. that's just awesome actually mm. it's on so many levels uh, <laughs> <laughs> thinking there's so many levels there oh that's wonderful um one of the questions i ask everybody and after this conversation i kind of know where you might go but maybe i might be wrong if somebody came to you and said i want to start running what would you suggest that they do? Oh, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me at Park Run on Saturday morning. <laughs> and anywhere, because <laughs> Park Run is everywhere. Where is Park Run at the moment? Where is it not? Is there countries that it's not at yet? Uh, it's in 22 countries. Okay. So there's still a bit of work to be done. There's still quite, a few countries out there. Mm, quite prevalent throughout Europe. Yeah. Um, in Canada and the US, not in South America. Okay. Um, we are in Japan and Singapore um, and Malaysia. Wow. There's a few spots where we... There's a few open spots, so anyone um, listening to this, if you happen to be in a country that wasn't mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a very simple concept, so it's not that hard to do. It's um, awesome. There's a few lookalikes out there. Oh, is there? I did not know yeah. that. A couple of countries have got their own uh, parkrun lookalike. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I suppose they're all out there running around, <laughs> being fit. Um, you know, they, they say, what do they say? The uh, copying is the highest form of flattery. Copying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that works. Anyway, yeah. um, so another question about. Oh, sorry, I've had a bit of a cough. Um, and it's not COVID. <laughs> um, so uh, when you're thinking about goals and getting out the door, what's what's the thing that makes you, I mean, you did say earlier, uh, there are times when you really don't want to go, but then you mentioned that um, it's knowing that they're the times you should go. But how do you, because a lot of us know we should do things but the actual doing of it is a whole other thing. So do you, how do you go about making yourself get out when you don't want to? Um, I'm very goal-driven. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I have to have something that I'm working towards. If I don't have that, um, I do tend to fall off the bandwagon. Yeah. So, you know, I've got a few things on the go that will keep me accountable, for example, there's a, a group of park runners from all around the world who are on a, um, a group streak. Okay. So it started as streaky September a couple of years ago. 
where you know run or walk a minimum of two kilometers every day yes and it morphed into run to new year's day uh-huh and to run three six five and in a couple of weeks we'll be on a thousand days wow so have you managed to do that for the full thousand days nearly yes i have so i'm aware of you having to go to hospital at least one time <laughs> yes, in this last 12 months ending at that particular time but uh <laughs> i managed to sneak that in and you know i I dashed out and did my quick 2K walk before I was admitted at 7am and then the morning after I I figured that, you know, my surgeon had said to me that uh, four laps of the ward was 1K, so I figured that was my permission to uh, keep going. Eight laps. (laughs) (laughs) So I did and I I did honestly think that was where I was going to have to finish, but I was fortunate I didn't have to. So, you know, just the thought of giving up my streak is enough to get me out every day. I also do run down under, which is just a virtual trip around Australia. So, you know, and then I'll set myself other goals. Like I want to run or walk 3000 kilometers this year. So then I know how many kilometers I have to run every month, which means I know how many I need to do every day. And then certain events. So I've just recently run my first marathon. So that took, you know, that was a fairly big accountability goal. That's amazing. Um, well done. Very happy with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I do. I just need to play mind games with myself. Yeah. Well, if, you know, if I'm going to do that, I've got to do this now. Is that finding what works for you versus... Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. As, a, mm. as a goal. So do you think um, some of it's, especially, say, the streak stuff, is it also because there's a whole there's a few of you doing it like is it the when other people can see because i often know that i feel like my running form is much better when i know somebody's watching me you know even though they may not be watching me but you know you run past people and you go oh i, I stand up straighter and you get your ego acceleration yes there you go um so is there an element of uh, of that do you think when it comes to say the streak because are you doing it with other people yeah as opposed to run around Australia um, with the run down under, there is an element of other people, but it's maybe not as large as perhaps the accountability yeah, partners not, with the Kakran people. They're not paying as much attention to that. Mm-hmm. Like you can have friends on it that, you know, not really paying so much attention. But um, some people use Strava. I don't mm-hmm. use Strava as much other than as a recording bit. But um, I was at a conference just the last couple of days and the the CEO of the organization who we follow each other on Strava said oh I've been noticing that you've been running huge kilometers so went, mm-hmm. you know, people are watching <laughs> um also I did the very first Launceston 10 back when it very first started and I set myself a little internal goal that I would run the first 10 Launceston 10s yeah um which amusingly at the time um I was going to retire from running when I, once I'd done that because I would be 45 by that stage. And that's, oh, that's old. old to yeah. still be running. <laughs> like That's a really respectable time to retire from running. Whatever. Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then to keep myself going with that, I started a spreadsheet of everybody who'd done the Launceston 10. And after every Launceston 10, I'd scratch out the numbers of the names of people who weren't there. Christine. I know, I'm obsessed. (laughs) It works for me. It worked. It worked. And now we're down to about 11 people. 
who have done every single Launceston 10. And we've There's got a, a another Christine, I think, might be in that group. Another Christine <laughs> in that group. He's also a pharmacist because yes. the world is so small. Yes. Something about pharmacists by the name of Christine and obsessive habits. I don't, I don't Yes, know. and pharmacy. <laughs> it's all so strange. <laughs> so that um, another question I tend to ask everyone is, when do you think you'll stop running? Well, there's a fellow at Windsor Precinct Park Run by the name of Norm, who is in his mid-80s. One of my neighbours. And he's still running a solid mid-30-minute park run. Yeah. And well, he's my icon at the moment. He's awesome. I'm not giving up until the body gives up. So no plans. That's what I'm hearing. No, no. plans to give up. No, it's good for me. That's and it. it also allows me to eat chocolate and drink wine. <laughs> and a few other things. Um, so I guess to finish off, what would you say to someone who's been thinking about running? So we know they should go to park run, mm. but to encourage them that, you know, this is a good idea and get out the door and it doesn't have to be hard. What would you say to encourage them to get started? You only have to start small. Mm -hmm. um, don't feel like everybody's watching you. That's something that I hear a lot is people are really self-conscious mm -hmm. and they feel like people are going to be looking at them and judging and they're really not. Um, I, I find the running community to be super, super encouraging, if anything, yeah. um, and really proud of people who are getting out and having a go. And if it feels hard to start with, it will improve quickly. It will get easier quickly. Yeah. And even if it is hard, you'll reap such benefits over and above the physical you, you've got your endorphins will be flowing at the end of it and you'll you'll get a great sense of achievement and well-being out of it you'll get a buzz <laughs> and you'll feel great <gasps> all right is there anything else you wanted to share about running christine before we close off no i think just just the message that running really is for everyone you don't have to be elite to get something out of it we're, we're all you know we, we're all runners yep you can everybody well most people can run you yep. don't have to be anyone special to be a runner yeah all shapes and sizes everybody's welcome and everyone can do it otherwise you would have been eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or not catch whatever food it was you're after when we <laughs> all those years ago so don't go anywhere but we'll close off the uh the call set so thank you very much for being here um i really appreciate your time um all of our time is so precious these days um but also the amazing wisdom that you've shared and the things about parkrun like i learned a lot more about parkrun than i knew actually pretty much everyone so far in these calls has mentioned parkrun so this it's all, <laughs> all been the thumbs up for parkrun um, but I do, and again, thank you very much for being here. Really appreciate it. Um, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks, <laughs> but just stay on and we'll, um, we'll have a chat. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. For a bunch of resources to help you get and stay fit, head over to the website, fitmindfitbody.co. And I'll see you there. I'll also be back here once a week. Bye.